Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Praise the Lord. Maybe I should let Pastor Donnie preach this morning. God, what, 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 uh, what got into our youth pastor, you know? What got into our youth pastor? A little dose of Jesus, I think. Praise the Lord. I am excited to be here today. And, uh, you know, Francie and Chris, we just extend our love to you too. And are so thankful that you're here today. We're with you. We're grieving with you. And God bless you for, for uh, doing the hard thing and being here. It's not easy to come around your family when you're hurting, right? But uh, you got you to push through that and come around your family. We, uh, we love you guys very much. Um, we've been in a uh, series for quite some time now, 13 plus weeks or something like that, um, three months, <laughs> we, and we know that it, it, it's, a, it's a series on the Holy Spirit, I'm calling it the third, the third person of the Trinity. We know we serve one God, right, but he expresses himself in three distinct personalities. And uh, over the last few weeks, we've been covering the nine manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the, this is kind of like a series within a series almost, but we've been talking about the three gifts that, that uh, uh, give us the power to speak. We talked about that, which are tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. We've gone over the three gifts that give us the power to know, which are the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. And today we wrap up this part of the series on the Holy Spirit and on the teaching of the manifestation gifts by going over the final three that are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, 11. And, you know, one of the things that I keep hearing from people is I've never heard a, a message on the gifts of the Spirit. And, you know, it's pretty important. Uh, if it's in the Word of God, it's pretty important to go over, right? I, and I don't know why we haven't heard more of this. I've preached on these things before, um, but I think in many settings, th- these are just kind of skipped over or Maybe they're too hard to, to preach on, and they are hard to preach on sometimes. I mean, there's a lot of studying that has to go into it, but, um, you know, you might open the door. If you preach about the gifts of the Spirit, you might just open the door for the gifts of the Spirit to flow. Amen. And, and that, wouldn't that be wonderful if they started flowing like God really wanted them to flow in and through every single one of us? But 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11 says this, Now there are varieties of gifts. We've gone over this verse the last three weeks but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries in the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. And you can write this down. This isn't in the Scripture. We serve a God of infinite variety. And thank God we do, because I'm so glad there's not two of me. That would be really bad. The world can only handle one of me, and the world, thank you very much, and the world can only handle one of you, by the way. God made us all different. He gave us different gifts, and that's wonderful. He's the God of infinite variety. Look around. Look at how the sense of humor he had in creating us and how we look. I mean, really. Here I am standing up in front of a bunch of people, and you could throw a basketball between my knees with my feet together because I'm so bull-legged. I mean, I can ride a horse and not get saddle sore. I, thought, I think that that's a gift, not, 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 a, not a problem, right? 
but we're, we're created so differently and so wonderfully, and, and it's, it's amazing. Even the gifts he puts in, into us are so different and vast. He's the God of infinite variety. Okay, back to the scripture. Verse 7, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another distinguishing of spirits, and to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually just as he wills. This is an awesome thing. Church, you have gifts that God put in you. You even have, I think you were created with certain um, um, bents towards certain gifts that if you'll tap into the Holy Spirit, those gifts will be there. I think there's people in the church that have gifts of healing, for instance, and we're gonna get into that today gifts of healing, but they never tap into it. I, I think there's people in the church who have gifts of, of, dis, of like the discerning of spirits and they never tap into it. What if God's people said, enough's enough, I'm tired of not tapping into the gifts that I know God has deposited into me and they started tapping into the gift that God put in them. What would happen? Church would look different. The world would get set on fire, man. By the church, not, not literally on fire like arsons, but I mean on fire of the Holy Spirit, right? There would be revival breaking out all over because when God's people move by the Holy Spirit, awesome, mighty things happen. And the closer we get to the end, folks, and I don't know if you watch the news, but it's really interesting how Israel is getting blamed for everything right now. Pretty sick. They're just defending themselves. The end is coming. I mean, it's coming, folks. It is coming. And the more closer we get to the end, the closer and closer we get to the end of this church age, the, the time before the rapture of the church, we are going to need signs and wonders to follow us. We're going to. If the church sits back and just says, well, you know, we'll just let be what is. And if they haven't come to Jesus by now, then that's their fault. We've got a job to do until the trumpet blows. And if you're sitting back on your laurels, you're going to have a lot of explaining to do on Judgment Day. We're not called to sit back and be silent and sit back on our laurels. We're called to move the kingdom of God forward and build his kingdom until he comes again. Not, well, you know, I'm, I'm 75 now, so I don't have to do anything anymore, right? I did enough in my 20s. I'm, I'm putting myself up on the shelf and just going to sing in the sweet by and by until Jesus comes back. Folks, we got work to do. <laughs> do we really? Do we really have work to do? Yes. We got a lot of work to do. Roll up your sleeves and let's get dirty doing it. Get some ministry dirt on you, right? We got a job to do, to win as many people to Jesus as we possibly can. So we have these, these gifts that we've been talking about, power to speak gifts, power to know gifts, and today we're gonna cover the manifest, or we're gonna cover the power to do gifts. The power to do gifts. And the first one I wanna cover is the gift of faith. Now when we talk about the manifestation gift of faith, it is more than just 
possessing saving faith, all right? That's a gift, but it's not the manifestation gift listed here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's different. We look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, and it says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So we know faith is a gift in this sense, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And this is saving faith that Ephesians is talking about. God allows us to have the faith to believe unto him for salvation. But that... This right here is not the gift of faith listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. This faith exists for every person because God wants every person to be saved. Saving faith says, I believe and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. It's this gift of faith mentioned again, the manifestation gift of, of, of the gift of faith mentioned in 1 Corinthians. It's, it's, more also, it's also more than having that part of the fruit of the Spirit that we call faithfulness. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Fruit of the Spirit faith says, I believe God's word and I will never stop filling myself with it, studying it, devouring it, because I'm so sure that it's true. That's faith, gift of faith as well, but it's not the gift of faith mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The gift of faith, like the other manifestation gifts of the Spirit, is a supernatural endowment or impartation of faith by the Holy Spirit, which you receive for special needs and opportunities. This, this faith, faith arises to sustain those that receive it in times of persecution, hardship, or imminent danger. Stephen had this gift. It was imparted to him as he preached to his soon-to-be murderers. Acts 7, 59 through 60 says this, and, and if you know the story, they, they, Stephen was, was, was preaching, and he was making his case, and, and uh, they, they didn't like what he was saying. The Pharisees, the religious people of the day, did not like what he was saying. And we know Stephen is the first martyr, Christian martyr, recorded. And it says, as, as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he was killed. He died. It takes the gift of faith when people are wrongly accusing you, throwing rocks at you, stoning you. It takes that gift of faith, that special impartation of his Holy Spirit for you to sit there and say, God, don't hold this against them. Please don't hold this against them. Please don't hold this against them. And who does it remind us of? Jesus, who said, who said what? Forgive them for they know not what they do. It's a special gift of faith, and you can't do that in the flesh. Oh, I, I, I could. No, you couldn't. I mean, they're throwing stones at his head, and he's begging for, to God for mercy for them. It is also the faith that the Holy Spirit imparts to those who operate in extreme levels of power. Through these people, God does signs and wonders and other unusual and amazing events. Man, we're going to see some things, folks. 
I'm telling you, some of us get worried and we get full of anxiety about what's going on in the world and you, you start to think about, well, what's going to happen to my kids and my grandkids? What's going to happen to me? I think, and hear me, I believe, and I totally think and believe this, we are living in the absolute most exciting times we could ever live in because we're going to see some stuff. We're going to get to see some stuff that I think generations before us would have only, long, uh, only got to, to imagine seeing. How exciting is that? We live in a wonderful time. May not be easy, but with God we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, right? And we can get through that. But in Acts chapter 20, we see this gift of faith playing out again in, in, in the level of, 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 or in the way of seeing signs and wonders and seeing stuff. As Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eutychus sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy. Okay, this is for some of you that fall asleep when I'm preaching. <laughs> Be careful in the balcony. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death. I mean, what a deal. You're, you go to church, you're listening to the Apostle Paul. He's, a long, he's long-winded, okay, he's speaking way into the night. You fall asleep and fall three stories to your death? Does anyone find that kind of funny? <laughs> Verse 10. Paul went down. He bent over him. Other versions say he laid on top of him and took him into his arms. And he said, don't worry, he's alive. And they all went back up and had church again, started having church again. But the Bible said he died. It wasn't like, well, we thought he died. It didn't say that. It said he died. And then he was raised to life. Okay, I, I want you to wrap your mind around this. The Apostle Paul was incredible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from him. But he was human. And he lived in the church age. You are human and you live in the church age. You live by the same rules that the Apostle Paul lived by. Spiritually speaking. He raised the dead. That's not a story that's historical fact. He raised the dead, and we see it in other places in the Bible as well. And we see it throughout church history, where people have been raised from the dead. I remember watching a video, uh, it's quite a few years ago now, but um, it was a documented video where a man, and I don't even remember what country, I think it was South America somewhere, and um, anyway, he, was, uh, he, was, he, he, he died, uh, something fell on him, and it killed him. He was the pastor of a church, I believe, and uh, one of the beams in the church was, was uh, uh, vandalized or something, and it fell over, and it, it landed on him and killed him. They took him to the uh, undertaker. He was embalmed, and they put him in the basement of the church, and they began to pray for him, and it, it was like two days, three days later, he got up. Well, that's not true, not if he was embalmed. It's all documented. They showed the video. I saw this video. They showed the man walking. And this is, a, this is not like acting. This is a third world country. So they're walking in to go see the, the, uh, the person that embalmed him. You want to you see somebody's freaked out face? Watch that video. There was no fake in that. These things can happen. Amazing, unexplainable things. 
It happened in the book of Acts, the beginning of the church. And folks, it's going to happen as the church goes up to glory. It's happened throughout. I think there's been times when it's happened more, times it's happened less. But as things get ramped up, spiritually speaking, in this world, things like this are going to happen more and more. Are you ready to be the one that God uses? Gift of faith. I don't think Paul, it doesn't say he stopped to pray about what he should do when Eutychus fell. It doesn't say that, that Paul pondered about, hmm, let's call the doctor and let's get him in here and check this out. He didn't, nothing against doctors. He didn't do any of that, though, in Scripture. In Scripture, he says he just went downstairs, laid on him, held him, picked him up. He's not dead. Boom. Miracle. Supernatural signs and wonders following those that believe. That gift of faith, it's imparted by God in the moment when bad things are about to happen, when imminent danger is going to happen, and it plays out lots of different ways. But that gift of faith, it just hits you like a, like, like a Mack truck, and you can like, you just believe that you believe that you believe that you believe, and nothing's going to stop you. You ever experienced that? I have. The devil don't like it when I experience that. Trust me, I felt that way not that long ago. And I've told the story before, and I won't get into it too much, but when, when my daughter was having a stroke while she was pregnant and had to be rushed by ambulance to the doctor, and I didn't, we didn't even know what was going on, I was in the car behind the ambulance, basically, and having a prayer meeting with myself. The faith that rose up in me is like nothing I'd ever experienced before. And she got to the doctor, and you know what? There was nothing wrong with her. And just minutes before, she couldn't even talk. The gift of faith is there for you when you need it. I, I think about this thing of fear and faith. Fear and faith. They're very similar, yet they're polar opposite. Faith is, 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 gets into... Uh, you know, or believing in something you cannot see is going to happen. And the gift of faith is that impartation that you just, you know that you know that you know it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I can't see it, but I know it's going to happen. I can't see she's going to be healed. I can't see that person's going to be set free. I can't see this, but it's going to happen. Fear is believing something you cannot see is going to happen. It's the same thing. It's just one believes something bad's going to happen, and one believes something's good is going to happen, right? So when fear sets in, and folks, as we get closer to the end, there's going to be times when fear tries to grab hold of you and, and hold you down and, and, and just choke the life out of you. That's when you need to reach out and say, God, I need the gift of faith right now to rise up within me so I can defeat that fear. Amen. The gift of faith, we need it, church. The other one mentioned here, the working of miracles. And, and, and again, like the gift of faith, it's supernatural impartation in the moment for a specific purpose. The working of the miracles is the same thing. Working of miracles, it's supernatural power that is poured out through an individual, and the result alters the normal course of nature. We got any science buffs in here? I love science. I always have. I love studying science. I think the more you study science, the more you realize that God is God. I just do. But when God does something that usurps natural uh, 
nat natural things or nature itself, nobody can explain it. it. It's pretty powerful. It's pretty amazing. The working of miracles could, could play out as power displayed over natural storms, like tornadoes, hurricanes, etc. It could be deliverance, a, a deliverance-type miracle where the demon-possessed are completely delivered. There are miraculous acts that supersede natural laws. And a great example of this in Scripture is in Acts 28 when the Apostle Paul uh, just got, he, he was in, in a storm on the sea. They were in a ship and they got shipwrecked on the island of Malta. And, and then uh, uh, he was sitting around and they're, 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 uh, he got bit by a snake, right? We know this. Acts 28, 1 through 6. Once we were safe on shore, I think Luke is writing is the author of Acts at this point. But he said, once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. As Paul gathered an armful of sticks and, and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. And the people of the island saw it hanging from his hand, a snake just hanging there, and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt saying that he, he must be a murderer because this happened to him and, and he's being punished. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook the snake off into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead, but when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was God. He was a God. Paul was delivered from the natural effect of the snake bite, which resulted in those Christians he was with being encouraged, including himself, and the unsaved people on the island of Malta were astonished. Now, this doesn't mean that we should hand out snakes in church, okay? This is where this, comes, this kind of thinking comes from. Oh, I guess it's not going to hurt me. Break out the snakes. Let's, let's prove it, you know? As long as I'm pastor, we're never going to break out the snakes in this church, okay? That's not what we do. Amen? Because it's dumb to test God like that. But I have killed a rattlesnake in Iowa before. They're around. Yeah, amen. They're around. It was in my, when I was a kid, I was up north, and they shouldn't even be that far north, but I reached into my, my grandma's uh, uh, flower bed, and there I heard... And there it was. So I took a hoe and chopped his head off. But if that thing would have bit me, this is what God's talking about here. Miraculous things could happen, and that thing wouldn't even harm you. You know, we look back in, in, the, in the Gospels where you drink poison and it won't hurt you. you all those kinds of things. That is what this is. This is an example of it. Miraculous things, things that you cannot explain. This was a venomous snake that bit him. Science would want to explain it away, but you can't. The word miracles in the original Greek is the word dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. It means power. It's where we get our word dynamite from. But this is the working of God's power that interrupts, disregards, and displaces the laws of nature. It is God's power working through a believer. God himself, through the person he uses, interrupts or disrupts his own design and order to bring about his will. God's intention is supernatural intervention through us 
to use this gift of the working of miracles to destroy the works of the devil. And I'm telling you what, we're going to see it. I've seen this displayed before. My, uh, my dad was a man of faith. And he died way too young. But I, I remember one time we were at a, I think it was a family reunion at our house, and all of a sudden, late afternoon, a big storm started brewing. You could see these big honking green clouds coming in. You know what I'm talking about, the kind. And you're thinking, oh yeah, there's going to be some tornadic tornadic action going on and activity going on. And you see the swirling, you see all the stuff, and it's just coming this way. You hear the horns go off in the nearby town three miles away. And and all this was going on. And I remember, remember sitting there, and I saw... I saw some of my dad's brother-in-laws say, oh, here it comes. It's going, to take, it's going to take us out. It's going to take us out. Here it comes. And it just ticked my dad off that somebody would speak death over his property because we were out in their place. So he just walked out in front of them, and they didn't know the Lord, I don't think, that the way that he did anyway. They walked out in front of him. He walked out in front of them, and he just puts his hands up in the air like this, and he says, in the name of Jesus, I command that storm to go around my property. And you know what? I sat there and saw it do it. It did it. And you say, well, that was a lucky one. You, you lucked out there, Bob. You, 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 you prayed, and, and, well, it happened, but, you know, that was luck. That was not luck. That was, there was, this thing was coming in, and it was wide, and it was big, and it just went like, it like stopped and split and went around. It was unbelievable. Working of miracles. Does that mean my dad's a miracle worker? No, it means that God in the moment of time, maybe he had the gift of faith in that moment because it made him mad that they were saying that about his own property. Here it comes, it's going to take us out. Here it comes. Don't you love it when people just own the destruction that's going to come upon them? Don't ever do that. Be careful what you say. And he uh, could have been the gift of faith, but... I saw it change the course of nature. That would be a working of miracles. God does that in his people in those times. He imparts supernatural power to see supernatural things happen. And people can say, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I do. <laughs> Gifts of healing, the third power to do gift. The supernatural manifestation gift of the gifts of healing is just that. It's supernatural. Not naturally acquired. And this is the thing I keep saying over and over. These are supernaturally imparted gifts. They're not enhanced. This is enhanced by reading books and studying science. Kind of like, well, I can speak 24 languages, so I must be able to speak in tongues. That's, that's not speaking in tongues. That's naturally acquired. This is the same way. You, you can study science, you can read books, and you can learn a lot about healing the human body, but that's not what this is talking about. It's great you can speak 24 languages. It's great when you learn the sciences of the human body. That's amazing and wonderful, and I don't take anything away from that, but that's not what this gift is. This is gifts of healing supernaturally imparted to bring about physical mental or emotional healing. And this gift uh, it does not refer to natural gifts by which people are healed. I already said that. That falls under the realm of talent and giftings that God deposited into individuals when he created them. How many are thankful for talented doctors? 
Amen. We are. We're thankful. They're gifts from God. There's no doubt. But this gift of healing is something a little bit different. And a person who is talented in that area may also have the gifts of healing. That's the manifestation gift. It's possible. They could have both. Wouldn't that be a, that'd be a, double, a double whammy on the devil, wouldn't it? Um, that'd be awesome. But again, those, those naturally acquired abilities or because you've studied science or because you've, 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 you've uh, gone to school and learned these things and you're just naturally gifted in those areas, that, that's something different. Counselors who have a natural gifting to listen or hear, mental health therapists who have a natural gifting to understand and show empathy, medical doctors who have an incredible mind intellectually superior enough to remember thousands of facts like a file cabinet and put them away and they, 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 they can recall information they need from their natural mind and make right diagnosis. It's phenomenal when you get inside the mind of a doctor. They're, they're intelligent people. These gifts are wonderful and amazing, all these, and, and, and I would, again, never take away anything from those that possess them, but this manifestation gift, the, uh, the gifts of healing, it, it's beyond that. It's supernaturally imparted by God in moments of need. These gifts, plural, are more than the believer's normal activity of praying for the sick or visiting a doctor. They are special gifts of healing given to some Christians by which they have constant or consistent positive Results. There are individuals who are used in the gifts of healing, and when they lay hands on people, most often people are healed. You're talking about faith healers? Yeah, yeah, to some extent. And understand, for every single gift that God has given his church, the devil has imposters. He has substitutes. He has fakes. And sometimes the fakes are so loud that we discredit all that God has given us as well. And we shouldn't do that. We should discern the difference between what's fake and what's real and not throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, as the old saying goes. These gifts of healing are always supernatural. They often do the impossible. What they accomplish are miracle events. They may be done with prayer, but can include more than prayer, or can be a command or a touch. I, I, in, in Acts, this is a scriptural reference for this, but you see it in Acts chapter 5, verse 15. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by, because his shadow was healing people. I, that's not, that don't make sense. How can that be scientifically? You can't explain it. It's supernatural. But what if one of us tapped into that gift that God put in us? We don't even maybe know that that gift is there, but it's, it's a gift of healing or gifts of healing, and we were so full of the power of God for, for healing in those moments that that's being poured out in you that, that your shadow began to heal people. I mean, Peter lived in the church age. He, fought, he, he had to live by the same rules we have to live by. We live in the church age, folks. That could happen. In fact, it's happened since then. There's stories of the same thing happening with Smith Wigglesworth. His shadow healed people. Oh, come on, Pastor Barry. Really? You believe that stuff? Yeah. Because I believe in a God who can do anything. He's all-powerful. If he created the laws of nature, he can certainly usurp them. 
anytime he wants. In Acts chapter 19, verse 11 through 12, God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. That's what it said. When handkerchiefs, verse 12, when handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Wow. What if we had those kinds of things happening in our lives on a daily basis? I mean, we'd come to church and we'd have testimony time, wouldn't we? And we wouldn't be able to shut it off because it'd be so awesome. Why do we wait for someone else to be used? Why? Man, if I had a handkerchief, I don't even have a handkerchief, but if I had a handkerchief and it touched me or, or touched one of you that had that kind of gift going on in your, in your life and we could take that handkerchief and it just healed people? Wow. That's exciting. It's miraculous. It's supernatural. You can't make sense out of it, but you're not supposed to be able to make sense out of it. Because if you could figure out God and you could wrap your mind around an eternal God, then, then you would be God and he wouldn't be. He's bigger than anything we can possibly imagine. So, so all of these gifts are given by the Holy Spirit to his church for the purpose of edification, which means to build one another up. They were also given to us for the purpose of ministering to those outside the church. And as I have said, the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit, they overlap one another. Sometimes it's almost impossible to figure out where one stops and another begins. They flow together perfectly as distinct, separate gifts, but they intertwine together beautifully. And there's, there's, it's awesome. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to define it. You just have to flow with it and let God use you. I like what 1 Corinthians 14, 1a says, pursue love, yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts. And 1 Corinthians 12, 31, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. These gifts encompass the signs and wonders that follow those that believe. They are supposed to edify as well as draw unbelieving people into his church. And we need to embrace them as a church, not, not avoid them because it's, it's difficult. You know, someone said, if you, if you open up the doors for uh, gifts, the, the spiritual gifts to go forth in your church, you know what you have to do as a pastor? You have to shut it down sometimes when it's not right. Okay. What if you're wrong and you shut it down? What if you're wrong and you, you know what? None of that really matters. We need to have the door open to them. And do our best as people, right? Because you're human, I'm human, we're all human. We will make mistakes. But we should open the door to the gifts of the Spirit. Either that or we have to do some kind of theological gymnastics and come up with some great sounding spiritual hypothesis to explain them away. Like many denominations do. But the facts are they're listed right here in the Word of God for a reason. And their purpose is to help us do our job as Christians, to build his kingdom until he comes. I'm telling you what, it's a lot easier to witness, some, witness to somebody after you laid hands on them and they were healed. 
I mean, come on. Would it even be hard? They're bawling. They're like, what just happened to me? I say, yeah, that's Jesus. That's my Jesus. You want him? <laughs> they're like, no. It would never happen. I mean, that's why they're there. That's why these gifts are there. Take the gifts of the Spirit out of the equation of our duty to fulfill God's purposes and plans for our lives, and we are left with doing this all on our own. I don't want to do this on my own. I don't want to do this in my own power. I don't have any power. I want the supernatural gifts that God has provided me to flow through my life in order that I fulfill my calling. And I hope you want the same for you to fulfill your calling. Well, you're saying I'm called? You're, you're all called. Everyone's called to be a minister of the gospel. Some of it's not vocational. That's fine. And I've seen, again, every one of these manifestation gifts of the Spirit displayed. And whenever they occur, awesome things happen. So my challenge to you is to seek the Holy Spirit and be so open to Him that we even desire to be used in these gifts and let these gifts flow through us. You don't seek the gifts. You desire the gifts. You seek the Spirit. And if you desire the gifts and allow them to flow through you, they'll happen. You'll have words of wisdom for people. Words of knowledge. What if you're standing there wherever you're at in public and in the marketplace and whatever that looks like for you, school, work, whatever, and the person that you're standing next to is you can see that emotionally they're going through it and you turn to them and say can I can I just share something with you and you give them a word of knowledge and you read their mail or a word of wisdom and you read their mail do you think it'd be hard to lead them to Jesus or you pray with them for a need and it, and it occurs a miracle happens or in the midst of a storm you know what if another derecho happens and everybody's running for cover and you walk out in the middle of it and say stop peace be still well I'm not Jesus I know but the Jesus that said peace be still is the Jesus that lives on the inside of you Amen. see this church we have to operate in miracles dunamis power that's what we're called to do Power. That's his church. Miraculous. Power. Not weak. Barely hanging on. Barely making through. Power. Turn to your neighbor and say power. All right. I'm going to end early today. Power. <laughs> Would you stand? Next week is Pentecost Sunday. Be ready for it. Be ready for it. Woo. Yeah, someone did that. Woo. Yeah, there you go. Woo. Woo. <laughs> you guys crack me up. You need t-shirts, Pastor Donnie, that say, Woo. How do you spell that? I don't even know. <laughs> W-O-O. How many O's? Two. Okay. Woo. All right. Would you lift your hands up? Lord God, we're here before you this morning. And God, as we've looked into your word and we see these manifestation gifts 
of the Spirit, power to speak, power to know, power to do. Lord, we're blown away by that you would, would see fit to use us supernaturally, that you would impart in us supernatural gifts in moments of need and opportunity for great things to happen, for signs and wonders to be displayed, for signs and wonders to follow those that believe. And God, you see us here today. We are your people, and we say we're open to it. We're open to you using us powerfully in that way, even in miracles. God, teach us how to walk in these things. Teach us how to flow in these things. Not to overanalyze them, but God, just to flow in them so that we can build your kingdom and that your name can become famous everywhere we go. Lord, we're all about you. We're not about ourselves. We don't need power gifts to look powerful. We need power gifts to do what you've called us to do. End of story. We want your name famous. Less of more, or less of us, more of you, oh God. That's our prayer. God, I pray that through these hands that are raised, you would raise the dead, that you would heal the sick, that you would set captives free, that you would allow people, God, to read uh, others' mail, God, and, and prophesy and speak words of wisdom and knowledge, that you would give them discerning of spirits, working of miracles. All these nine manifestation gifts, God, being displayed within this body as you distribute them, as you see fit. God, we're open to it. If there's things we need to do to posture ourselves to receive that, Lord, show us. If we need to repent of something, show us so that we can. But God, we want to be like that tool in your hand, that harvesting tool that just wins people to Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.